don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. Second captain, first captain, whatever. Hey there, Radio 1 listeners. It's been a while. How are you? Hope you're keeping well. Owen McDevitt and Kieran Murphy here. The special Christmas edition of Second Captains. Hey, Murph. Hey, Owen. How's it going? And a big welcome home to everyone who has landed back in the country. For yeah, the and of course, there's plenty of people on the move. This Today is one of the great days of inward migration. So if you're heading home for the Christmas, we're happy to have you along. We're going to have a lot of fun in the next hour in the company of not one, but three very special guests. Very special, very talented, very hairy Dundalk guests. <laughs> Charles Hendy, his brother Andrew, and their friend and bandmate Sean McKenna, better known as the Merry Wallopers, are going to chat to us about their incredible rise over the last few years. And there'll be lots of tunes, which I feel very confident will get you in a festive mood. This is going to be good, Murph. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a band who are an absolute force of nature life. So it's a real thrill to have them uh, here with us today. They're obviously one of the groups at the forefront of the massive surge in popularity of folk and trad music in Ireland over the last couple of years. They've been described on as bringing good old-fashioned pure divilment Pure devilment. Love it. Back into traditional Irish music, continuing and perpetuating all the finest blackguarding traditions <laughs> of the Dubliners, says the Irish Times. And that is a comparison I think most Irish folk bands would be pretty You'd happy. probably take that, wouldn't you? Yeah, the boys will be joining us in just a second, and we will be ripping up the format playbook for this Christmas show. But with that said, as always, we will be looking for the sporting highlights of our guests. So let's do a quick recap on the season that was in our second captain's greatest non-sports person, sports person contest for 2023. The greatest season in history, man. Wow. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. <laughs> 2023 saw solid entries from Rady Pete, Annie Mack, Theo Dorgan, Samantha Barry and Irvin Welsh. But I want to remind you of our star-studded top three finishers. In third place, one of our favourite ever interviews in almost 20 years on the radio, Conan O'Brien. Excuse me, Conan Hamhands O'Brien. My hands are like boiled hams. On the holidays, I put little cloves on my hands. You know, little cloves and a little bit of honey and and bake it for an extra hour to give it that nice sweet sheen. And then I'm pummeling my opponent with my ham hands. Festive too, is all. Yeah, yeah. it's holiday season now, so expect those pink Irish hands of Conan's to be well and truly cloved and honeyed. That was Conan O'Brien telling us what his boxing nickname would be. That earned him some big, big points. Just not enough to beat playwright Enda Walsh, who was the actual Italia 90 and Euro 88 Irish football mascot McCool. Remember him, anybody? That news was a world exclusive, as was the story of his party piece when he was in that famous Irish wolfhound costume. I urinated. I didn't actually urinate. I mocked urinating on Sunday. I think we were playing against the Soviet Union or something like that, right? On the post, on the goalpost. Yeah, got him big points, but lost him quite a bit of respect on the I international mean, theatre scene. Listen, I would venture. You can't be doing that. Now. Even that wasn't enough to stop this year's champion, Hollywood superstar Michael Sheen, who took the title with an overhead kick goal as an eight-year-old. So he became our greatest non-sports person sports person of 2023 on our final show of the series. Not that he really cared about it or anything. Yeah! How about it, Michael? <laughs> you did! Wow. A round of applause for our champion for 2023, Michael Sheen. Well done. Congratulations. 
He's earned it. He's earned it. Didn't come here to mess about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was delighted. Loved that enthusiasm. What a guest he was. You can listen back to all those episodes at rte.e and wherever you get your podcasts. As for today, nobody can take the title from Michael Sheen, and that's probably just as well if his terrifying competitiveness is anything to go by. Now, today, as is custom on our second captain's Christmas special, we are pitting our guests against each other. Murphy can actually hear the boys getting warmed up behind us. They're up for this one. I can feel it. Uh, yes, a slight change to our scheduled programming, as they say. No league table. Just three contestants fighting it out simultaneously to win the crown. It's brother against brother, Charles against Andrew, with Sean McKenna in the middle, and I'll be ranking them all on their sporting ability, their all-time sporting highlight, and the sports person that yep. they most readily remind me of before I crown yes. our champion, non-sports person, sports person for Christmas 2023. All that to come, but right now I am very excited to say, here's the Merry Wallopers! Out of the east, there came a hard man. Oh ho ho, all the way from Britain. Ah ha ha, glory hallelujah. God liver oil and the orange juice. He went into a pub and he came out paralytic. Oh ho ho, VP and cider. Ah ha ha, what a hell of a mixture. God never oil and the orange juice This bus go to the dentist and Polly Oh ho ho, I'm looking for a lumber ah, Glory, hallelujah God never oil and the orange juice In the dancing, he met Harry Mary Oh ho ho the flower of the gorbals, ah ha ha, glory hallelujah, God liver oil and the orange juice. Oh now Mary, are you dancing? Oh no, it's just a way I'm stoning, ah ha ha, glory hallelujah, God liver oil and the orange juice. Mary, you're one in a million. Oh ho ho, and so's your chances. Ah ha ha, glory, hallelujah. God liver oil and the orange juice. Oh no, Mary, can I run you home? Oh ho ho, I've got a pair of sand shoes. Ah ha ha, you're a hell of a funny. God liver oil and the orange juice In through the back close and out through the dunny Oh ho ho, it wasn't for the first time Ah ha ha, glory hallelujah God liver oil and the orange juice The mother came out, she was going to the clodgy Oh ho ho I buggered off sharp as Glory, hallelujah. God liver oil and the orange juice. Now, Harry Mary had a little baby. Oh ho ho, the fathers in the army. Glory, hallelujah. God liver oil and the orange juice. 
Mary, Mary, she's looking for her hard man. Oh, ho, ho, he joined the foreign legion. Ah, ha, ha, Sahara under a camel. Got the royal army orange juice. Cod liver oil and the orange juice. Oh, brilliant. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. Mary Wallopers, everybody, lads, you're welcome. Thanks, thanks for, for having us. us. Oh, oh so that was weird. We said that at the same time. It's like your brothers. It's like our brothers. How are you getting on? You've been doing a lot of touring, a lot of gigging. We're tired. Home. We're tired. Yeah. We are tired. We've kind of become like, I don't know if you've ever heard of what a rat king is. It's when a load of rats live together in a small space and their tails all get tangled and they move as one unit. Speak for yourself. That's kind of like the Mary Wallopers now at the minute. It is. It's not far off us. You're obviously in each other's pockets then. Yeah. Yeah. How does that that play out? How does that dynamic play out? Oh, it's awful. It's awful. It's (laughs) the worst thing you've ever imagined. No, we actually all get on pretty well. Yeah. I'm actually nervous about when we have time off because we won't all be around with each other 24-7. We won't know what to do about ourselves. Yeah. I wonder is that like Stockholm Syndrome or something? There's definitely an element to that. There's definitely an element to that. Yeah. Well, what I love is we've got two brothers in Andrew and Charles here and then Sean you are in the middle of this family dynamic so how does that work for you? Uh, well it used to be an awful lot worse I suppose <laughs> <laughs> You have company I, now I'm you have four more yeah. many's a row but uh, yeah. no, that's grand We used to put Sean in the middle of, of us of me and Andrew when we and were three the band, like yeah. He'd be in the middle in the front of the van and me and Andrew at each other screaming at each other over him a very long Poor Sean He used to have to live with us as well which is probably even worse again Yeah twice as bad But now he has backup I remember one day me and Charles were having a row over a pair of socks and uh, Sean came down the stairs and seen us rowing and he took the two socks and he gave us one each like thinking it would kind of defuse the situation and one of us looked at him and went don't you get involved in this <laughs> so, <laughs> that's just so literally that's, that's yeah. the wisdom of Solomon from the Bible that's yeah. literally like chop the baby in half like, yeah yeah, you know yeah, yeah I mean? literally yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's impressive. It's also serious rock and roll arguing over. Yeah, over, they, yeah. Were, they were my go. socks in the end. <laughs> Times are hard back then, you it know. Was you heated, like. It was very, it was Dry more heated socks. than you would think. <laughs> so you've been everywhere. You've been to the US, around Europe, in Britain. Are there? Is there a different vibe in, in different cities and countries? Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. In what definitely. way? And it's interesting. I think Europe and, and America are very similar because it, they're so vast that the crowds are very different in each, in each place. Like, so mm. some, some towns get it more than other places, you know. And, yeah. uh, so are you saying maybe that like the crowds in, in Britain are kind of homogeneously Irish people living in that city that go mad for it? Or are there... Uh, no, I think there's a mix. Like there's some of the, some of the towns in England are really kind of Irish places like Liverpool and all that are yeah are Glasgow incredibly, I'd say Glasgow yeah. is, yeah. is yeah. like the whole but of then, Scotland is but then other places kind of like there's more alternative crowd so they're coming yeah. to see us from like uh, I suppose punk music following and stuff like that and like, yeah and places like Leeds and all that We've yeah punks come to our gigs yeah yeah like Leeds is a big yeah. student town isn't yeah. it so yeah, maybe yeah. there's like yeah. more of a punk aesthetic yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, like yeah, the definitely. music going crowds in those Definitely. places but in England people love coming to our gigs yeah. and we're always going on about how smelly the English are as well so they love it <laughs> they love it they love it, <laughs> they love it. They're they're getting love it. an education and everything is live shows what it's all about for you guys yeah 100% 100% yeah it's unbelievable like I feel like we're just still figuring out recording especially since we got the new members but we our main thing is playing live you know just it's the most uh, pure raw form of connecting with people musically like yeah it's uh we don't even like when we can't see the audience you know so we always have a bit of light on the audience yeah recording albums is trying to capture at least a bit of that yeah i have no patience for recording i'm the worst (laughs) i'm the worst at well it's weird because i think a lot of artists 
record and then they look at the live show and say right how do I get as close as I can to the record to the yeah. record yeah. live whereas I get the impression maybe with you lads it's how do you get the best parts of the live performance recorded yeah. 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 yeah I think yeah. Honestly, by the most part that is the case like yeah. but uh, there was one or two songs on the album we made that this time that like we kind of put them together for the album and then we had to learn them after like yeah but uh, mostly it is trying to capture that live energy it's very hard to do like I love it I, the band yeah. were begging me to do more takes of songs <laughs> I'd do like one take of the Blarney Stone and then Ken our drummer was like Charles can we please do another take of that I was like it's great it's fine yeah we hadn't played with Ken that long at the time like, and <laughs> yeah, we just kind of yeah. dived in but that said we've all been playing together so much live even before that that like it didn't take many takes to get stuff down, but mm. at the end of nearly every recording, you can hear Charles's mic going, "Right, are we done now?" <laughs> yeah, so, uh, end of every yeah. single recording. Well, yeah, yeah, like you, you find that with actors, certain actors have like a rhythm that's like, okay, the first three takes will be the best three takes that I'll do, yeah. yeah. And then there are other actors that, well, the first ten takes are basically like practice goes for me, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you know, like yeah. by take eleven or twelve, we'd be ready to go. And so you have to come to some sort of. You know, yeah, an arrangement yeah. with, with... That works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Rhythm, yeah. Miles Davis recorded an album where none of the musicians were allowed to see the music yeah. until they got to the studio oh, and they were wow. only allowed to do two takes. Like, and it's class. That's, that sounds that's brilliant. So Can we do that next time? Yeah. Yeah. Can we please do that next but, time? Uh, I think, um, you know, oftentimes, especially with folk and trad music, like people will really, really rehearse every aspect of it and then they go to yeah. record it and it's just, they're not interested in recordings. Like technically, they're playing great, like musically and singing perfectly, but a lot of the time it doesn't really connect with people because there's no danger in it and there's no like, uh, there's sort of a push and pull where it creates tension because everyone's waiting to see what the other musician's mm-hmm. going to do and like, I think it's, uh, I think it's important like, to keep it raw. And also, I think if you do a song 10 times in a row, it kind of loses like, it's not even a song anymore. You're just playing the notes and yeah. that's not yeah. really... Like, even it if becomes a performance. If you just well, say so like, the same yeah. sentence even 10 times yeah. in a row, it loses all meaning. Yeah. Yeah. In our first a album recording, we, yeah, did, yeah. Uh, we did Eileen Oak 40 times. <laughs> it was awful. But uh, again, like, you know, you're tr- at the end of the day, you're trying to tell a story like when you're telling, doing the songs. Like, so the story is nearly the most important thing and everything else should sort of fit in behind that. Is, like, is there one gig that stands out for any of you that you really felt it you really felt this is what we're all about I think the Barrowlands yeah. anytime we the, play the, the Barrowlands time we played in the Barrowlands especially uh, Vicker magic. Street is always Sorry, where's, un- Bar- where's Barrowlands that's in, that's Glasgow. in Glasgow Barrowlands okay, yeah. Ballroom, ballroom. It's, it's, it's an amazing place capacity venue in, um, in Glasgow and it's beside the Celtic Stadium and it's yeah it's uh it's one. It's the best venue I've ever played in. Why? What yeah. makes that so good? What makes, makes those nights so good? I think uh, the crowd in Glasgow, in fairness to them, they're they're very like the Irish. There's a rawness in Glasgow and in Scotland in general. But the Barrowlands is a legendary venue. Like when you see the names on the walls and all that. Also because it hasn't really changed in about a hundred years. Mm-hmm. It's nearly like a big airport hangar or something. Like it's yeah. a big, it's a big dome shaped building and there's a huge wooden ballroom floor. Like but. The crowd, both times we played, like they've sung ninety percent of the words. They just love the music and all yeah. as well. So Christy did a live uh, album in yeah. Glasgow, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, was that yeah. was his yeah. uh, favorite venue. He says, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. Spider yeah. Stacy from the Pogues as well was saying two weeks ago that it's his favorite venue too. Like the Pogues used to do it so. every Christmas. Yeah. So uh, that's yeah. what we're going to start doing. Now. <laughs> yeah, Not because of the Pogues, just because we want the money. <laughs> <laughs> was this always the plan, lads? Growing up in Dundalk, were you always thinking? We're going to be in a band together when we grow up. I think me and Charles were anyway, kind of for. A I while just couldn't ago. stick actually having a normal job, so. Mm. Yeah, that but never we were always kind me. of <laughs> doing some type of music together, and then we started doing this by accident in a way. Like we were all playing ballads growing up, kind of in bits and pieces. But uh, so it was a musical kind of house, was it? Yeah. Yeah, like we weren't. It wasn't really trad house or whatever, but like looking at the Dubliners and the Clancy Brothers and the Pogues and stuff like that, we were always kind of singing and country music as well. Like me and Charles anyway, singing 
school and Sean you probably would have had a similar thing like yeah. where our families did like kind of uh, parties and stuff everyone would be passing the guitar around singing and stuff like that so when we all kind of came together again we, we were living away from the dock the three of us and we all kind of landed back in the dock we started playing sessions for free pints because we had no money mm. and then we just gradually started getting asked to do more and more gigs that is desperate isn't it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that is why we started <laughs> yeah. doing this because we well, want to drink yeah it's like a free it's a free night basically is what yeah, you're not even getting paid yeah. it's just a free and night the, and the pubs will get sick of us very quick seven free nights in a week <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Seven it, got, free nights. it got cheaper for them to just uh, pay us then in the <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. but uh, it's funny because because we were broke and we like the house had no heating in it and like the electricity meter was always like <laughs> <laughs> we just had to go out and play tunes because it was the only kind of enjoyable thing for the three of us to do I saw you describe Jeez. your upbringing as very anti-authority yeah how so for, even from being in school I wasn't a very very obedient child <laughs> in school <laughs> so I don't know where that comes from I think a lot from our father to be honest what, what do you mean how um, is he anti-authority what does that actually mean we were kind of hillbillies when we grew up like we were driving <laughs> around motorbikes and cars up around the roads like, in the countryside I, I, I suppose like, there'd be no uh, e- even in, in the, not not only in the way of uh, the guards or something like that, not really taking yeah, them very seriously. Mm-hmm. But also, uh, our father used to like bin, build wind, windmills and stuff like that. And windmills? Windmills to yeah, try to and like, power the shed. And yes. when it was stormy, you weren't allowed to go out and play in the yard because <laughs> so the thing was spinning like, around so much. But like he left school when he was like 12 and he kind of just, he, he was the oldest one in his family, so he had to run the farm and stuff like that. He was very resourceful and anytime we wanted something, he'd just go out to the shed and like show us how to make it so like we want remember we wanted a go-kart and uh, he brought us out to the shed and there was no lawnmower there and he like showed it like we took it apart together and it used to just I don't know what he did to it I think he took the like restrictor off it but there was no brakes on it because it was a lawnmower and the blades were off it but it would do nothing but speed up (laughs) and he put this like really really dodgy handbrake thing on it so we'd be just flying around the garden like oh so hold on there's a go-kart but also with like the blades of a lawnmower underneath. they were taken off they were taking the blades off come on there was health and safety there was play here you put your baby on one of them yeah I mean yeah. I just was double checking how anti-authority we're talking about yeah well it was very anti-authority so like we were expecting some like shiny new thing we were like I want a go-kart and then even better you can make one which is not always what a kid wants to hear but yeah no no kind of good and I think we've applied it to everything in music like you know even videos and like uh, our social media and even the way we've learned instruments like I only, I only started learning the banjo like five years ago I just taught myself to play it like you know um, you taught yourself to play it yeah, yeah just the internet and, and I had to like, listen you know. to it but uh, you still do but, I still uh, do every night <laughs> and everyone in the pub oh there's Andrew home. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. Well, I think it's actually a very important thing uh, especially for creative pursuits like if if you just attack it yourself and create it yourself you, you're not learning how somebody else does it you're learning to express yourself in your own way and in your own voice and that's something a lot of people miss the point with musically like they'll go to college to like learn types of music or whatever and they try they end up making bands that sound exactly like the bands they like rather than like doing something fresh or whatever so mm. it's good in a way I saw you uh, talking in an Irish Times profile about how the Mary Waterbirds came about. Andrew was in a punk band and about to start an engineering degree in Trinity. Meanwhile, Charles was living in the Netherlands where he had a dream about Lou Kelly and yeah. awoke with a renewed desire to sing folk music. This is a wind-up. <laughs> no, I'm deadly serious. I did, yeah. 100%. Yeah. 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 No. I was Absolutely. living in the Netherlands. I had a job in a factory. It was the worst thing ever. <laughs> it was a terrible job. But I did meet some good friends there. And uh, I just had a dream about uh, Lou Kelly. I was. It was like a nightmare. And then I went into a pub 
and Luke Kelly in the dream was like, you should start learning all these ballads. And so I had, I was that hopeless in life <laughs> that the next morning I got up and learned Spansel Hill. And here we are now. I remember Charles ringing me after he had that dream, be like I started playing, or, or I learned Spansel Hill today or whatever. And uh, this is actually it, just, it does sound ridiculous. It actually, it actually did happen. Like I assume it, it was. Yes, he had a dream last night where Luke Kelly was like, "Will you stop? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stop! You're killing them." Luke Kelly came to me in a dream and he yeah. said, "If you I ever think, think about playing ballads, <laughs> no." It, I mean, it is basically the storyline of Wayne's World Two. That's my only like that. I mean, it. That is basically a Jim Morrison. Oh comes my god! To, yeah, comes from in a comes dream. to visit the two lads and they put a concert on. Wow! But you know, whatever. It's not you know, two of the it same works. Ourselves, yeah, it works. Yeah, it could have been some subconscious then, thing. Essentially, Wayne's World. Anyway, so. yeah. <laughs> we might have a lot in common with Wayne's World. <laughs> so the type of songs you do, lads, it's you're you're mixing social commentary, if that's the best way of phrasing it, with kind of taking the piss and having a laugh as well. Is that yeah. fair to say? As we heard with the with you know with yeah. your opening tune, there, there's a bit a bit of both going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I suppose the music. Any music that you listen to, you know, when you say social commentary, it's like what music isn't that, you know, uh, the human condition encapsulates sadness and happiness and anger and a, a wide range of emotion. So it would be dishonest of us to not uh, do all those things because mm. we have songs that cover all those topics and everyone has those emotions. And so if we went out on stage I think sometimes some artists will think that unless the song is deep, and some listeners, unless the song is deep and serious, it kind of has no artistry to it. Yeah, I think uh, to a degree, sometimes people don't take us seriously because we like joke and stuff like that. But mm. like, what's brilliant about like Irish folk music even is is that there's so much emotions there and there's so many different themes and really serious topics can be approached in a jovial sense. And and satire is is uh, is so deeply involved in Irish music. Like, you know? Yeah. Your Dundalk accent is like there's an honesty to the way you pre you yeah. present the songs because a lot of people might try and like minimize their regional accent. Yeah, that's yeah, the same yeah. for people from the yeah. west of Ireland like Absolutely. me as, yeah, from, yeah. as from anyone else. You know, like there's yeah. that kind of like quest for honesty in music or like yeah. uh, I think there's something really powerful in that actually and in your in the the way that you sing in your regional in that Dundalk yeah. accent. I think yeah, it, yeah, it's it's nearly one of the most important things. Like, and if if the only thing we ever do is to inspire people to like be themselves more when they're playing music, it's probably mm. the best thing you can do. Like, yeah, too much. Like, even when we were growing up, like everyone that was in bands or whatever, they're all singing in American or English accents yeah. or whatever. And you can totally. I think to particularly it. as Irish people, we have a bit of self hate that uh, comes out even when you hear somebody singing in your accent. You yeah. start going, oh. God, oh, it's so and embarrassing. I think, I think it's even happening you know? still in folk music where people are kind of afraid of the funnier songs or, or stuff like that. They think it's kind of a bit too Irish, you know what I mean? Mm. So like the the majority of folk music that's being played is being approached in a very serious kind of uh, uh, sombre demeanour. Like which is, some of the songs need that, but I think it's uh, important to have a variety of of attitudes in the music, like, you know. You're looking for songs about normal Life, really ordinary people. Is yeah, that to say, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Everyone that comes to our gig are ordinary people. Sorry, they're extraordinary. Yeah. If you buy a ticket to one of our gigs, you're, <laughs> you're amazing. <laughs> you're amazing. You're doing a great job. But that's it. Yeah, we, we like we it's don't really want anyone to come to our gigs and have to try and dissect what we're yeah, doing yeah. that much. Now they can, of course, because it's art at the end of the day. Yeah, but we're quite face value. Yeah, you know, there's nothing too deep about us. Anyone could do this. It's not. There's nothing and special we, about we us. We want to encourage as many people as possible to do it because it, it's what will 
keep Irish music alive is more and more people do it. And I would even to you say, guys, yeah. So you would even say what? I would even say it's not about so much about Irish music, but I would say if we can turn our hand to being in a band, why can't you, if you want to do pottery, become a potter? And that's maybe what we want to put out is accessibility to the arts. You know? Your new album... Irish rock and roll is absolutely brilliant for a start. The, the title Thanks, alone is it is it partly even in the title a push back against the stereotypical images we might have of folk music yeah. and what it's all about. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's just the best yeah. way to stick us. You know, I don't. I, I I'm getting further and further away from calling us a folk band because we don't want to be thrown in with all that stuff. You know, cause yeah, it's too it's too conservative and like all the tweens and all. You know, and and the likes of Lancome are doing the same. They're twisting it in a totally different yeah. direction. Yeah, you know, they're like they're psychedelic. You know, so there's room for it all. I think uh, that's what will keep Irish music alive as well as people twisting it. And it was the same years ago, like a horse lips planksty. You know, even the format of play like bazookies and and mandolins playing with pipes like it yeah. wasn't a thing. Like you know. Yeah. Now, like, you know, especially in the trad scene, like, they hold all these traditions so tightly and, like, they're all kind of playing, like, bazookis and stuff like that. But then, like, if something's different now, they're like, oh, that's not right at all. Mm. But, like, tradition, someone said to me recently, tradition shouldn't be worn as a shackle around your neck, which I think is, like, totally true. Like, you know, you, it, it's good to hold on to it to a degree, but you need to let it breathe, like. Well, would you mind playing us something from the new album, so? Sean will. Sean, <laughs> play a song, will you? I will, yes. Uh, better be good. Sing us one of your Irish songs, Paddy. <laughs> you have to tune that now, do you? All right. <laughs> well, don't blame the idler who sits on a corner. Sits on a corner, a cup in their hand. Oh, but blame the idler who owns the apartments Built by his cronies on ex-public lands Well, don't blame the idler who does the hot nixer Does the hot nixer while drawing the dole Oh, but blame the landlord, his car's like a concord And he's charging fierce rent for a string of shitholes Don't blame the idler who sits on the bar stool, sits on the bar stool besotted each day. Oh, but blame the clergy preaching how dirty, pushing their baskets and subscriptions to pay. Well, don't blame the idler not taxing his motor, not taxing his motor when tax it he must. Oh, what blame the idler who stands at the checkpoint Just doing his job when the laws are unjust Well, don't blame the idler who sits in their kitchen Sits in their kitchen with needle and spoon Oh, what blame the blue shirts for austerity and budget cuts That allow more young souls to perish too soon don't blame the idler who comes to this country Comes to this country a-seeking their home Oh, but blame the idler who forgets their history Saying Ireland is full and look after our own So don't blame the small man, your brothers, your sisters Your brothers, your sisters, if they blame they might seem 
we live under a system not built to assist them. They survive on mere crumbs while the rich take the cream. And so these, the true idlers, are followers to nanny. They're followers to nanny above or below. Oh, they're poverty's patrons, worse devils than Satan. And you can be sure straight to hell they will go. Good man, Sean. Thank you very much. It's not bad. Well out, well out. It's not bad at all. <laughs> That's brilliant. You pack a lot into that song. Pack so, a lot, yeah. They all get a bad doing in it. Yeah, a lot of people getting a bad doing <laughs> yeah. there. Not right, me. Yeah. You want to watch no, out yeah. or Sean McCann will write a song God, it's funny. Just even listen to... The Ireland is full stuff. Like yeah. so, that's mm. that album came out only a couple of months ago, and since then there's been the Dublin riots, just the, yeah. the hotel getting burned down. Yeah, all the way. freaks. Yeah, are are getting all the teenagers that are angry for various reasons to burn down places and riot. Are you guys f- quite worried about the direction that's all going? Yeah, absolutely. I was disappointed to see if I I don't know. Do you know I what? Still have hope in people. I don't yeah. think that is a good representation of what people's opinion. Some of the stuff that happened recently have probably opened people's eyes a bit more to how ridiculous and also how dangerous the far right are. Because I think for a while uh, you'd have like people on the left to be kind of talk about the far right and stuff and how they can be dangerous but I think people are sort of ignoring it and thinking like oh it's not that bad you know they're all yeah. as bad as each other yeah. oh, both sides are just but lo and behold yeah, here the we idea are. that the left is as bad as the right is like something that people need to open their eyes and realise that is not the case at all Like, and uh, it's just very sad to see hate spreading like that through Dublin where I don't think that's ever been that bad before like, no I saw an article recently that said that something like 80% of the tweets that are going out that say hashtag Ireland is full is coming from America and England. Yeah, two times. You know, and when yeah. you have the likes of Tommy Robinson and the EDL in England saying, well done, Paddies, well done, Irish people. I, I don't know how much of an Irish patriot you can call yourself. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, Irish yeah. are the biggest immigrants in the world. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. And also, they've just started calling Irish people expats. But we're immigrants. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> What is an expat? A white immigrant? That's all that is. It's, it comes down to the colour of people's skin. That's like it. And, and this fear that what, they're going to take over Ireland or something? How ridiculous is that? Mm. But these are people that are, you know, lost a lot of the time. I think the only sinister ones are the ones at the top who are kind of controlling. Well, I think it's really tragic, though, is like a lot of kind of ordinary people are turning all their frustration at life towards other ordinary people Mm. just because they have a different colour of skin. And if all them people who are out burning buses and stuff were outside the doll, like protesting about the housing crisis and the health system like all the actual issues that are in Ireland their undercurrent is let's all get the foreigners it's a lot easier for them to go out burning buses when they're giving out about foreigners than it is like for them to protest about the government at the very least people just have to start like calling out racist behaviour like we all know people and work with people who like casually say racist things and it's like it's worth just call at the very least just calling out stuff like that when it's being said you know and uh, people are angry about cost of living, rent, very ordinary, fixable things. You know, immigrants in this country, they don't have it that good. Do you know what I mean? Like, no. people, the way people talk, you'd swear immigrants are going around on uh, flying saucers around Dundalk. <laughs> Gold has fallen out of their pockets. But no, and they get go- free sky. And they yeah. get yeah, free yeah, sky. I overheard someone before being like, <laughs> they get oh, free immigrants sky. come in here and they get free sky. Like, <laughs> what? You know, watching the National Geographic channel all day. Who think foreigners get free sky? They don't. They don't get free sky, right? <laughs> yeah. It's 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 the, it's as old as time 
to pit the poor against the poor. And instead of looking up, you look to the left and the right of you at the people who have the same amount as you. And as long as you are looking at each other, you're not looking up. And certain people with a, a huge following on platforms inciting it. it. Mm. You know, when they have no right to get involved. No right at all. You know, stick to getting thumped in the head. It's just funny. uh... Will you just try being sound? Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Just be sound to each other because life is short. Alright, you're listening to the Second Captain's Christmas Special with the Merry Wallopers. Stick with us because we have more incredible music from the boys coming up. Second captain, first captain, whatever. The Merry Wallopers, I'm delighted to say, are today's guests on our second captain's Christmas special. We've got Andrew and Charles Hendy. And Sean McKenna in studio. More music on the way from the lads shortly. And we'll be pitting them against each other and ranking their sporting lives before we finish up, which the lads are very excited about. I can, really I can only now. imagine. Now, the Mary Wallopers are inspiring a new generation of balladeers and traditional Irish musicians. But what sort of bands inspired you? I saw you put up a post on Instagram recently saying, RIP to an absolute legend, one of the best there ever was. We certainly wouldn't be doing what we're doing without Shane McGowan and the Pogues. Would he have been a big one? Would they have been a big one? one? That was yeah. huge. One of the main ones, yeah. Yeah. And in what way would they have influenced Just to you? make, uh, like, we grew up, my father and stuff would have the Planksty and the Dubliners and Christy Moore all of a sudden on in the house. But um, it wasn't until I seen Shane McGowan on the telly, I was like, oh, this is actually... Goes a generation further. It's not just real old music. This could be cool. Yeah, well, I suppose like the rebellion that the Pogues had was really exciting. Do you know what I mean? And like we were mad into punk music and stuff growing up anyway. So like growing up as a child and constantly listening to the Dubliners and the Clancy Brothers and uh, Tommy Makeham and everything, and then getting into punk music kind of like went away from Irish music for a wee bit. But then like after discovering like the Sex Pistols and the Clash and other bands like that, then falling back into the Pogues was like a, a mixture of two things that were really really exciting so and obviously like he's a great songwriter as well and performer but uh, uh, yeah they just kicked it up the hole in a, <laughs> a very needed way like yeah did you ever meet them oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. we went yeah, to his we house a few house, times yeah. roll him joint <laughs> right we watched Netflix <laughs> oh brother where art thou was ancient one aliens. ancient, ancient aliens. aliens and world war 2 in colour as well he's just laughing about it he said he, he turned to us once and he was like you want to see some Nazis getting blown up <laughs> And then he turned on World War Two in colour. Every time and the every Nazis time were getting shot, he's like, get shy and start laughing. <laughs> good man, yeah. Shane. He's a good crack. Great sense of humour. Did he listen to your music? Did you? Would you? Would it be that kind of interaction? We played tunes with him, like you know, we kind of played like at sessions. Like, really? Or like he had. A you party. mean so just in the house? Uh, he had a party down the road for his house, and we like played a few ballads at it. Oh wow, that's yeah, an he, incredible memory to yeah. have. Yeah, a few times. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was great. Mm. Sometimes he'd tell us to shut up, though. <laughs> You know? Yeah, one of the lads went up to him and was like, "What do you make of the Mary? What do you make of the lads like?" And he was like, uh, "You can keep the one in the banjo; the other two can f off." <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's that, I mean, I was for you. Up. That is literally he was delighted. He couldn't have said anything better. Yeah. In that but he told me he told me to f off later then. So, <laughs> <laughs> but he was funny. I said it back. It was nice hanging out with him. Yeah, you no, know? he was a legend. I, we're very lucky that we got to hang out with him because he's like an old punk. I mean, some. Like really, like he said some very nice things to us, like from a very genuine place. 
He's a legend. Yeah, he's sound. Yeah. Nick Cave wrote a beautiful tribute to him. Talked about his his empathy with people, various things that we've heard a lot of over the next last few weeks. He also wrote a line: "There's a myth that there are these special people who do everything to excess and somehow carry on being creative, but it's just not true." And he talked about how his gifts waned in terms of songwriting and stuff over yeah. the years. Now, Nick Cave himself has very much lived to excess over the years as well. Um, do you think creative people kind of risk their creativity? If they sort of live too hard over years and yeah, hundred percent. How are you supposed to do anything if you're an yeah. addict? You know. And the other thing as well, like he he wrote more amazing songs than kind of anyone will anyway. So like even if he wrote no songs later in life, like there's a lot of people, a lot of really famous people who'll never write that many songs that Shane has written and that are already in the singing tradition, like. Like it's one thing writing a song that's on the radio, but like everyone sings his songs already. Like so, generations are going to keep passing down the songs, and that's another level altogether. So, he's wrote, he's written enough songs, like you know. People look at it maybe is is it a net benefit or is it a net deficit to yeah. the music? When in the end, all you can do actually is just say the person just that, the way it is. The person that had all these struggles was also the same person that wrote the songs. Yeah, yeah. And like what? what like can it's kind of weird. People have a weird attitude towards creative processes, you know. Uh, that unless you're always creating or or always delivering, yeah, mm. then you're not doing anything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So to kind of that you have to take part in like the economy of music, yeah, to yeah, create, or the economy of anything. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like that's not that's the not end really of the day. The, what yeah. we're dealing with is like the human condition, and what's more human than being human? You know, so like Flaws it, it's all. it's it's kind of a weird one. In fairness, yeah. there was a tour in nineteen ninety uh, nineteen eighty eight that the Pogues did, where I think was just like the beginning of the end of the Pogues and Shane McGowan. It was more than three hundred sixty five. Yeah, they did more than three hundred sixty five like, gigs in so, a year, and like I think it was ran as like an incredibly extreme endurance race and I'm sure they didn't take one night off drinking or doing drugs or anything like that and it's kind of to keep going touring is hard you know uh, uh, for the amount of time you spend on a stage versus the amount of time you just travel and you're away from your home and there's nothing normal about it you know Uh, but uh, that is a hard lifestyle you know so but it's sad seeing like you all the interviews with Shane over the years and people be like, oh no, what are you going to do? You're going to get off the drink. These journalists who don't really care about him, like, do you know what I mean? I, I, yeah, I understand that point, yeah. but it was there though, you know, it was such a part of him yeah, as well, of the course, addiction yeah. and, and, yeah. and the issues that caused and presumably caused the people around him as yeah, well. So you, you can't ignore that element of the story. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah I agree. Course, like yeah. there's no, it's just, it's, it is who he was, you know what it I mean? It just is what it it's is. It's unfortunate, I, suppose, yeah. I think. But who cares about our it it did. Who are we yeah. to say anything? And he was unapologetically Shane McGowan until yeah. he died, you know? Yeah, 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 great. 100%. So, like, what can we say about it? Uh, the only thing is about, uh, you know, can you lose your creativity from a- addiction or, or substance abuse or drinking too much? Of course you can, you know? Yeah. As, you know, y- you can operate in different ways. You can lose your creativity for anything. You I can think, lose you your know. creativity from success as well. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. There's plenty of bands who get really big and blend. Yeah. just have nothing to write about. Their anymore. music yeah. is yeah. a shite, like you know. Yeah. Fair, yeah. It, yeah. The greatest artists are honest, and if that's just the way they are, that's the way they are. You know, it's just music is a coping mechanism for life. You know, so it doesn't really matter what you're doing or what way you approach it or any creative thing. Like you know, I think if you just do it with an in- integrity, it's going to be good. Like you know, like even uh, Jinx Lennon. Is, is like has, has a full time job as a porter in the hospital in Dundalk and he's probably the best songwriter in the country like you know so and he dishes out like two albums yeah he's prolific he's constantly you know. writing every year he's releasing albums he's probably making two albums a year like 
Well, listen, we might push it for one more before we oh. wrap things up. But let's just talk sport, lads. Are you oh, ready for this? Yeah, thank have you. Been gi- have you been given the brief? No, uh, no, no. we haven't. <laughs> Excellent. Right, we're going to yeah. We rank our guests based on their love of sport and their sp- <laughs> a sporting highlight <laughs> yes. from their own right, lives. This right? is serious journalism. We're creating yeah, history. We this is the yeah. first time we've ranked band members against each other yeah. or certainly Three. two brothers against each yeah. other. Yeah, no, this fair is to all say. groundbreaking so, stuff. We mentioned Rady Pete earlier on. This is Rady Pete from Lancome during the summer. This is her sporting highlight, right? So pay attention to this. This, this is, is the, how, you know, involved in sport we need you guys to be. This is the standard of athletic excellence that we expect on this program. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. I was in a pub in Dingle in County Kerry with the concertina player Cormac Begley. Hi Cormac, I'm going to write you out. <laughs> and he, um, from across the pub, he threw one of his concertinas at me. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm talking like several, several meters through the concertina and they're okay. really heavy. They're made out of metal and wood and springs. They're really delicate. I knew it was probably about 100 years old and probably worth about seven grand. <laughs> so I was just like, I was looking at him going like, I had this moment of terror where I was just like, he doesn't know how bad at sports I am. Why has he done this? Like, why does he think I can catch it? But like, I was so worried about the concertina that I did catch it. And it was, I did it like, I did like a dive and like I did a really good catch. So that's the kind of standard we're talking about, lads. Okay, right. It's, a high, it's a high level. Intimidating, yeah. Go on, you're ready. <laughs> Your manager has described you as being loosely Dundalk fans. <laughs> loosely Dundalk loosely. fans. Do you know why he's saying that? Because he's, he's from Thurman Feck and he's from Drada. <laughs> and he, he has a real problem with saying his oars. <laughs> he, says, he says car park and talkie <laughs> So that's what his issue is. Strongly Dundalk fans. Yeah, we're Dundalk fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course we are. I bet on them. <laughs> do, you, do you still worship at the altar of Stephen Kenny? Yeah, of course. So he's a great lad. He's yeah. a great man. Yeah. Um, well, we might not know much about football. We just support it because it's we from the yeah, yeah, Dundalk. Dundalk, Dundalk, Dundalk is amazing. Though, yeah. It's much better than all them other yeah. football teams. There's a great community like in Dundalk. Do you know? It's, yeah, the, the matches are good cracking all. They're great crack. Mullins curry chips. Any of you play sport growing up? No. I used to do kickboxing when I was a teenager. Oh, yeah. Hard man. Then, then he started smoking fags. <laughs> <laughs> so I used to be it's, it's You have put yourself into what looks like an unassailable lead early doors here, Andrew. Yeah, but yeah. nevertheless. Yeah, you know. no, I like it. Yeah. Did you rail against sport? I mean, being overdramatic there was no, one of those things. Much that, like, yeah, yeah. The other people. Did. That's how I would yeah. have fitted into. I suppose like when we were in primary school, like everyone played. Everyone played, everyone football, played football all the time, like, every day. And out, like even like the te- everyone, like there'd be hours spent in class talking about football. Like, <laughs> And I like, hadn't a clue about it, so it'd be kind of feel like a bit of an alien, like when it came to it. So it was just always distant from sports yeah. in general. Guys like, will just glaze over. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think we're going to win this. It, it is a way for lads to talk to each other sometimes when they don't yeah, yeah, necessarily yeah. know how to say I love oh, you to each other. One hundred percent. So they'll yeah. talk to they go, oh, you know, and then they're taking them over. Our friend Robbie, he loves football. Yeah. He loves it. Uh, he loves it. And we, I make fun of him every time he talks about <laughs> football. <laughs> they overhear him. Do you know, like we played even at the hurling final there a few months ago and all. Like, and it is like, it's... It's unreal. Really electric. It's unreal. great yeah. and all, but it's just the not something I ever watched really. the hurling match in my Was life. it? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I rem- remember you played, yeah, that was the All-Ireland final. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. raining. Final. It was. Yeah, the photos of us are really funny because we're just drowned. Yeah, yeah. I think it was the most agri spec thing I've ever taken. <laughs> it was like the ploughing yeah, championship. Like the plowing. Actually, I'd love to play the ploughing. But uh, now there's a sport we can get behind ploughing. Oh, well, listen, they're all, yeah. it's a broad church, yeah. So well, I'd say we're going to be struggling for highlights here, Murph. 
I used to skateboard during lockdown. And what happened to you? I broke bones repeatedly. Oh. And then I stopped. I was like, oh, yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. You know. Sean, have you magic anything up in your own mind there? No, I've literally No highlight. Okay, Andrew, over to you. <laughs> I think Sean might be in third place here. Andrew? I used to always watch the Isle of Man TT. Well, I still watch it, actually, when, when it's on or whatever. I used to love like uh, road racing. When I was a teenager, I wanted to race motorbikes. I was like, oh, when I grow up, I'm going to do this. And I had this old motorbike that I found in the shed that was my older brother's. And uh, it had been lying up for so long that the front suspension was like totally solid on it. But I used to watch <laughs> the road racing and then like I put an engine in it and got it running and stuff. And I used to like rally down the road as fast <laughs> as I could. But when you hit bumps, the whole bike could like jump off the ground because <laughs> the suspension was solid on it. But... Uh, but that's like that's kind of what we're into. We, yeah. can catch pints. we can catch pints, no problem. I love the way it all ties back to the DIY stuff you were talking about earlier. <laughs> yeah, 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 make yeah, your own sport. Yeah, yeah, make yeah. your own make music, your own make your own sport. Sport. Murph, after all that, I mean, it's it's, it's rich pickings here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can you Thank pick God. a winner today, please? You don't understand. I could have had class. We don't have stars in this game, Mrs. Weaver. Well, what do you have then? People like me. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. Charles and Andrew, when I saw these two statuesque Dundalk brothers walk into the studio today, I couldn't help but be reminded of the Ukrainian heavyweight boxing brothers Vitaly and Vladimir Klitschko. The similarities are there for all to see. Both sets of brothers highly politicised, both highly intelligent. The older brother in both pairs, clearly the more intelligent. The younger, far better looking. <laughs> sure, Charles and Andrew have never won world heavyweight boxing titles, and you don't have nicknames like Dr. Steelhammer and Dr. Iron Fist, but you have many other talents. And I've never seen either Klitschko pick up a banjo or indeed scold 10 pints and no carols in Dundalk. <laughs> oh, uh, as for Sean, your understated demeanour should not be mistaken for weakness. Your status as a quiet genius, a quiet, hairy genius, <laughs> reminds me most powerfully of Socrates, the rampantly left-wing Brazilian soccer player and fully qualified doctor who turned his football club into a socialist cell to ensure he wouldn't have to train twice a day. <laughs> it's incredibly difficult to choose between the three of you. You get some points... Obviously, Charles, for breaking bones while skateboarding, for sure. Sean, you're probably the worst contestant we've ever had in this competition. <laughs> but in the end, I just couldn't look past Andrew Hendy. You are our non-sports person, sports yes. person for Christmas 2023. Congratulations. Yeah. This has been your sporting life. You. Thank well you very deserved. much. Yeah. It's been a big year and it's ended with the biggest honour. <laughs> <laughs> Lads, listen, great year for you this year. We wish you well in Thank 2024. You. Happy Christmas. It's been absolutely brilliant having you in, so we really appreciate it all. Just stick with us for a second, if you don't mind. This was a second Captain's production for RTE. Killian Down is our producer. Mark Horgan is our editor and series producer. Our thanks to Johnny Lanagon and RTE. Rob Sutton in Second Captains. Thank you, Murph. Thank you, Owen. We will talk to you again very soon. Have a wonderful Christmas. Get home safe. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, thanks to our amazing guests, the Merry Wallopers. Make sure you go and see these boys live next year if it's if it's the one promise you make yourself for it's 2024. the last thing you do in 2024. And have a listen to the new <laughs> album over Christmas as well. Okay, maybe one more tune to finish up, guys? Yeah, go on. Yeah. What, what are you going to do? What's it going to be? Do what you know. Do you want to play the guitar? Can I play it? Are you happy enough, yeah? All good. <sighs> oh, I lean oak. Now that me darling's name is true. The barony, her features, they were famous. If we loved her, who was there to blame us? Sure wasn't she the pride of Petrovore? But her beauty made us all so shy 
A devil, one among us, could look her in the eye. Boys, oh boys, now that's the reason why. We're in mourning for the pride of Petrovor. Oh, Eileen, oh, me heart is cold and grey ever since the day you want the far away. Eileen, oh, the fish in the sea, but the none of them like the pride of Petrovor. Oh, Friday at the fair and Ballantubber, Eileen met McGrath the cattle jobber. I'd like to make a mark upon the robber who stole away the pride of Petrovor. Oh, he never seemed to see the girl at all, even when she ogled him from underneath the shawl. Looking big and massive, but she was looking small, provoking to the pride of Petrovor. Oh, Eileen, oh, me heart is cold and grey ever since the day you wandered far away. Eileen, oh, there's one fishing to say, but there's none of them like the pride of Petrovor. Well, now it went as wasn't well the beginning. Eileen, oh, could vent upon the winning. Your man, McGrath, just kept on grinning because they were the pride of Petrovor. Said he, I know a girl would knock you into fits. With that new Eileen, she nearly lost her wits. The upshot of the ruction, now the hewer sits with his arm around the pride of Petrovor. Oh, Eileen, oh, me heart is cold and grey ever since the day I wandered far away. Eileen, oh, there's well fishing to say, but none of them like the pride of Petrovor. Which faith is hard to grapple Oh, me I Shot Eileen was the apple Now I see A waltz and through the chapel With the hardest featured man in Petrovor Oh boys, oh boys The heeding what I say When you're caught Then don't be no display If you want them to run after you Just look the other way Cause they're mostly like the pride of Petrovor Oh Eileen, oh Me heart is cold and grey Ever since the day You won the far away Eileen, oh The good fish in the sea But there's none of them like the pride of Petrovor Thank you. Yeah, hey. Thanks, lads. I get to do a gay bird impression. Yo, yo, yo.